The Y'all Show is the show about the South, and I'm John Rawl, and I get to be with you the next three hours as we're going to walk through what's going on across Dixie. Get in line, get in step, and get ready, y'all. 803-816-1170 is the way you can text us here at the Y'all Show. Love to hear from you. Also, we have a website. It's called y'all.com. Did you realize y'all.com is the South's homepage? It, indeed, it is. And we want to hear from you at the homepage of the South. Feel free to drop on by and get some good southernness inside your bones. On today's Y'all Show, we've got headlines from across the Southeast. We've got sports news from across the Southeast. We have an ACC update. And we'll be sharing with you what's going on with the Atlantic Coast Conference. Frankly, they better get their act in gear because last week was a pathetic weekend for the most part for the Atlantic Coast Conference. We'll have that ACC update here in hour number one before the hour's up. Hashtag hullabaloo is coming your way. Hour two of today's Y'all Show. More headlines. We have a Southern book report. We have a look at all the top-selling books right now across the landscape. We'll have that. And then it's always fun when we get a chance to go to Nashville and get your country music update. And we're going to be doing that in the second hour of today's Y'all Show. Also in hour two, we've got a look at Southern business. All that courtesy of our friend, Miss Melissa Rhodes. Hour three today, we got more sports. I'm going to fill in some SEC football news and information in hour three. Plus in hour number three, we will let you know the National Blue Ribbon Schools, the United States Department of Education, has just released the National Blue Ribbon Schools. Are you a kid going to a Blue Ribbon School? Do you have children attending a National Blue Ribbon School? I'm going to walk through each one of the lucky winners throughout the Southeast, part of the U.S. Department of Education's National Blue Ribbon Schools. And I want to congratulate you if you're one of those schools. And if you're not one of those schools, you might have some questions you need to ask your administrators of your school district. Hey, why are we not a Blue Ribbon School here in anywhere U.S. of A. with a Southern accent? We'll have that in hour number three. More headlines. And we got to start thinking about the weekend. It's the first weekend of fall. And we will tell you in hour number three where some great festivals are going on across the southeast here this weekend. So that is a whole lot of great stuff coming your way. And we're glad that you have taken an opportunity to join us. Let me remind you here on y'all about how you can get involved. We got that number. You can text us anytime, 803-816-1170. Very, very simple way for you to reach out and connect to the Y'all Show. And then we have our great podcast options. We are all over Spotify. We are all over Stitcher. We are all over Apple Podcasts. You can check us out on the iHeart app. You can check us out on the TuneIn radio app. And, of course, at y'all.com. All of those apps, by the way, you can find us by simply going into them and search Y'all Show. And if you do that, you will be just blown away by what you can see and hear and find right here on this show all about the South. It truly is 
unusual show. And I know a lot of podcasters out there try to make their shows unique. Well, nobody's doing what I'm doing, and they better not even attempt to do what I'm doing. That's a warning. I'm laying down the gauntlet here. We are a show all about the South, and we make no bones about it, and we're glad to be here to talk about the South each and every day. So let's get into the fun here on this day's y'all show and what's going on across the Southeast and more. We'll start off with an update from Oklahoma. Oklahoma is setting up for the first time since 2015 executions in the Sooner State. Oklahoma has set seven executions across the next six months, and they are scheduled to put Julius Darius Jones to death, even though the Oklahoma Pardon and Parole Board just last week recommended that his death sentence be commuted to life in prison. That case has drawn national attention. It was featured in a 2018 edition of ABC's documentary series, The Last Defense. The Oklahoma Court of Criminal Appeals has now scheduled six other executions, one a month from October through March. Going to have two scheduled for the month of January. Once, Oklahoma had one of the busiest death, death chambers in the country, but executions in the Sooner State put on hold following a botched lethal injection back in 2014, and that botched lethal injection left an inmate writhing on the gurney, followed by drug mix-ups in 2015. I remember that story. I think that pretty much stopped a lot of executions from going on. I mean, it, it seems hard to believe that you could screw up a lethal injection. It'd be almost impossible to not have enough whatever goes into a lethal ejection to, to not kill a person, but that's what happened when this inmate they tried to put to death back in 2014, and it it went awry, and that's when a lot of these pharmacies that very few actually existed at the time, but a lot of these pharmacies came under much scrutiny because they were compound pharmacies. They created drugs, if you will. I think that's... I think I'm right on that. I'm no pharmacist, and I don't play one on TV. But we know that evidently Oklahoma is going to try to resume these things. Now, the man who is scheduled to die next was convicted of killing a prison employee, Gay Carter, back in 1998. And he did that while serving sentences for four armed robberies and now scheduled for his execution on November 18th. He was convicted in the 1999 slaying of a businessman from Edmond, Oklahoma, Paul Howell. But right now, again, Oklahoma set for seven executions over the next six months, resuming executions for the first time since 2015. And the next up, Julius Darius Jones. And to quote the Tom Hanks movie, The Green Mile, I would say somebody is walking the mile, walking the mile in Oklahoma, not in fictitious Louisiana like the Green Mile movie. What a fantastic movie. What a fantastic movie set right here in the South, and in this case, in Louisiana. Speaking of the Pelican State, did you hear about Caesars Superdome? That's the home of the New Orleans Saints. And it has caught fire this week. And it looks like it caught fire because somebody was power washing the Caesars Superdome in downtown New Orleans. It caught fire as a as the team tries to come back for Hurricane Ida, one person was injured. Now, the Saints do have a Week 4 matchup scheduled for Caesars Superdome. They're supposed to take on the New York Giants 
in week number four. But as if the, the folks in Louisiana didn't have enough problems. And the one thing that folks could look forward to was their beloved saints coming home. The saints are going to be marching in to Caesar Superdome for that week four game. Remember week one, the saints had to go on the road and play a so-called home game in Jacksonville against the green Bay Packers. And they absolutely destroyed Aaron Rodgers and his long hair in week number one of the NFL season. Then week two was not kind as they got destroyed on the road playing the Carolina Panthers, their fellow NFC South rival. The New Orleans Fire Department this week responding to a three-alarm fire at the Superdome just after noon on Tuesday as heavy smoke and flames appeared to emerge from the stadium roof. Again, it looks like a power washer helped cause this problem. The parent company that manages the facility, ASM Global, their vice president of stadiums there, Doug Thornton, said that it appears the fire started in the gutter tub where workers were using this high-powered pressure washer. And it looks like the Saints are going to be able to still get back. Coach Sean Payton said the team would return home for that matchup against the New York football giants. And I know the folks in Louisiana, New Orleans, and more looking forward to that very, very much-awaited return back to home Because the Saints, by the way, have not been even in New Orleans since before Hurricane Ida. They've been practicing in Texas at multiple locations in the Metroplex since Ida came through a month ago. And they've had to be road warriors. And they're looking forward to getting back to not Mercedes-Benz Superdome anymore. It's Caesars Superdome. The FDA has approved a gout drug and that could show promise in fighting COVID-19. Probnased has been on the market for 40 years, and this gout drug, according to reports from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, it reportedly can show promise in fighting coronavirus. Have y'all heard of this? According to a recent study from the South's own University of Georgia, and this report published in Nature's Scientific Reports, Probnased has potent antiviral properties that make the oral medication a prime candidate to combat not only SARS-CoV-2 infection, but other common and deadly respiratory viruses. Hmm. You know, I hate to admit it, but I actually do have flare-ups of gout, and I hate to admit it, I have medicine at my disposal ready for such flare-ups, and I hate to admit it, I don't know what it's called. That's pretty stupid, don't you think? But I got a chance there in my uh, luggage because that's where I usually keep my gout medicine because the last thing, there's two things I've found while being a traveler, and tell me if y'all can relate. Two things you don't want to get stuck when you go hit the road away from home. Number one is if you have gout issues, you don't want to have gout when you're away because you're going to have to have a prescribed medicine if it does come. And I've had this happen before, and it was... It was bad. Now, the other thing you darn sure better make sure you always have when you hit the road is if you're a person who's visually challenged like I am, you better make sure you've got a pair of glasses and or extra contact lenses that you take with you when you go on a road trip because I've also had that problem happen or I've had the fear of, oh my goodness, I've run out of my contacts. My contacts fell out, actually. 
and I don't have my extra contacts, and I don't have my pair of glasses. I'm going to be blind. Now, thankfully, I don't think I've had too big of an issue yet, but it's something that could easily happen, and I bet for some of you out there, it has happened. So I feel your pain. Now, UGA has noted that Probnacet is primarily used to treat gout, and it's been on the market for 40 years with minimal side effects to patients. According to an author of the study, Ralph Tripp, there's really nothing out there to safely fight these viruses. This antiviral works all RNA respiratory viruses we tested, including SARS-CoV-2, RSV, coronavirus, and flu all circulate in the same season. Bottom line is you can potentially reduce infection and disease using this one oral drug. How about that? And I bet you somebody out there has got some stock in Probnicet. It's spelled P-R-O-B-E-N-E-C-I-D. P-R-O-B-E-N-E-C-I-D. And this FDA-approved gout drug, according to the article, could show promise in fighting COVID-19. And the stock is is now skyrocketing. <laughs> All right, how about this sad story coming from Kentucky? A elementary school in the Frankfurt area, it has had its third death among the elementary staffers there from COVID-19. Lee County Elementary School is where we're talking about it. And the latest to die was a counselor at Lee County Elementary in Kentucky, Rhonda Estes. She died early this week. And she was a very, very important figure in the community there around Frankfort, Kentucky. She worked 35 years for the school system there. And just a terrible, terrible thing. And now, again, this same school has seen three staff members die of COVID-19. I bet you there's almost every School out there had, has had somebody, unfortunately, have either the serious illness caused by COVID-19 or someone to die. And here this small elementary school in Kentucky now having its third person to die from COVID-19. A unfortunate tragedy, and the tragedy, sadly, continues. Our last update on stories from this hour. Have you heard about what's happening on the Texas-Mexico border? They have had... Miles of vehicles set up to seal the border with Mexico. And according to Greg Abbott, governor of Texas, this is happening because of a failure to enforce laws that have led to chaos on the border. And it's really, I would say, creative. But it's something I've never even thought about doing. And and maybe it works. Again, according to Governor Greg Abbott, the Texas Department of Public Safety and the Texas National Guard Sealing the border in Del Rio, Texas, where approximately 16,000 people, most of whom are Haitian refugees, have crossed into this country from Mexico by walking over a dam in the Rio Grande River in the last week. So what they decided to do is come up with a makeshift barrier that goes on for several miles. And they've created this steel barrier made up of cars that are able to help keep people from crossing the border. Pretty neat, but pretty expensive, too. I'm seeing lots and lots and lots of big, giant, trooper, Tahoe-type cars lined up on this 
dam, this international bridge type area of the Del Rio area. And it's just another unfortunate problem going on in the country and in the world right now. And again, this is done because according to Greg Abbott, governor of Texas, it's because the federal government is failing to enforce the laws and it's led to chaos. And it really has been chaotic. I mean, you can't deny where did this Haitian thing come from all of a sudden? I thought all these people coming in this country were all from Central American countries. Well, Haiti is not in Central America. And how in the world did the Haitians get from this island over to somewhere, either Central America or South America or somewhere in Mexico? How how did that happen? And how did they get to the border? Uh, Some real questions. And then people are now freaking out, as I predicted, that these Haitians are being sent back and Haitians are being apprehended on horseback. And it's a ugly image. It, I guess it makes people think of slavery. You got white people on horses tracking down runaway, in this case, Haitians. And it's not a very photogenic thing going on. And it's caused some heads to roll this week. And guess what? Guess what, folks? A guy named Joe Biden's president. And his borders are who should be fixing this problem is nowhere to be seen on the border. And she is a person, of course, of color. She's a person who is from, or at least her heritage is from the Caribbean, as her father's from Jamaica. Why is she not doing more to help Haiti out? Why is she not doing more to help Haitians there at the border? It just doesn't make sense. But that's okay, because I just saw where she's going to be on The View. I believe on Friday, it was a big announcement on Monday when I happened to be in a place that had the view on and Whoopi Goldberg had to make a big breaking news announcement. And then they had about 10 promos in a row that Kamala Harris was going to be sitting in with the view on Friday. She can go to the view, but she can't get a view of the border. Makes no freaking sense, does it? Nope. Sorry. Getting me worked up here. Y'all talk with a Southern accent. That's what we do. If you like what I say, let me hear you. If you don't like what I say, let me hear from you. 803-816-1170. We will come right back on Talk with an Accent on the South. We've got a Southern sports update to tell you about. That's coming up next. By texting 64,000, you agree to receive recurring automated marketing messages from Babbel. Message and data rates may apply. No purchase required. Terms apply. Available at babbel.com slash dnc. Have you tried learning a new language, but it never seems to stick? That's because there's more to language than learning vocab words. Babbel is different. Babbel's multiple ways to learn helps you explore every aspect of a new language. Anytime, right from your phone or computer. Practice real-life conversations in the Babbel app. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Get personalized help from an instructor in Babbel's live online classes. Classes are limited to six people. We keep them small so everyone can get the help and practice they need. Review words and phrases with fun games. Or dive into the culture with short videos. Whatever your learning motivation, Babbel gives you the tools you'll need to explore your new language. With Babbel, you can speak a new language. Babbel. More ways to explore. More ways to learn. Text Babbel to 64000 to start learning a new language today. Text Babbel to 64000. B-A-B-B-E-L to 64000. Hey, y'all. Jeff Foxworthy here. Now, if you've ever found yourself repeating the same thing over and over for 75 years, you might be Smokey Bear. Only you can prevent wildfires. That's why I'm filling in for Smokey to switch things up. Because there's a lot more to say. 
And I should know because my grandfather was a firefighter. And one of the things he taught me is that the people that love the outdoors the most are often the ones accidentally starting wildfires, which means always BYOB. <laughs> no, bring your own bucket to the campfire. And be extra careful with things like burning yard trimmings. Don't just walk away, or chances are you might be starting a wildfire. So for the love of the outdoors, go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. It's the coffee blues I like to say in brand, Michael's house. It's good till the last drop, just like it says on the can. I used to have a girl cooking a good mackerel house. She moved away. Some said Memphis and some said Leland. But I found her and I wanted to cook me some good mackerel house. I understand if I can get just a spoonful of mackerel house, it'd be much good as two or three cups of this other coffee. I've got to go to Memphis, from there to Leland. I want to see my babe, by the loving spoon, by the loving spoon, spoon. Well, I've just got to have my loving, I found a good morning, babe. Did he say Mac, Mac, Maxwell House? Well, please, ma'am. I think he said that, or maybe I've just had too much coffee. Welcome back. I think he did say that. Welcome back to show the show about the South. I get so excited. When I talk about the South, I, I need me some good Maxwell or Maxwell House or whatever they're saying there. I'm John Rawl. Time now for some Southern sports news here in hour number one. We're going to have an ACC update coming your way in just a few minutes. But right now, some news out of the Southeastern Conference. Now, I watched Shane Beamer's press conference from early in the week. He is the first-year head coach of the South Carolina Gamecocks, and I guess Shane might just need the nickname of Coy because he was a little coy. He didn't just come out and offer up all the juice whenever it was asked about his Gamecock football team, a Gamecock football team that got throttled against the Georgia Bulldogs this past weekend a Gamecock football team. Hey, he's still wanting to talk about coffee. A Gamecock football team that better get their rear in gear because if they want to hear Step to the Rear, that's the fight song, by the way, of the South Carolina Gamecocks, they better get it going because the Kentucky Wildcats are coming in and UK's got something to say because UK did not look good at all against the Chattanooga Mocs there at Kroger Field this past weekend. And so it is the home SEC opener for Shane Beamer and his South Carolina Gamecocks. And the reason I say Beamer was a was a bit coy, in my opinion, is he didn't just come out and offer the fact that Luke Doty, who started games last year as a freshman for the Garnet and Black, he is going to have his first start of the season as the South Carolina fighting Gamecocks quarterback, the Myrtle Beach native is getting the call in this home game Saturday night at Williams-Brice Stadium. Now, Luke Doty hurt his foot in practice right when the fall practice started in early August, 
and he ended up missing the first two games of the season. He did come in relief between the hedges, a 40-13 to loss to number two Georgia. He came in because the guy he helps share car rides with to campus to go to, college, to the classes there at the University of South Carolina, that's Zeb Nolan, the graduate transfer turned starting quarterback. Well, Zeb Nolan got hurt. I think he's got a hand injury of some type. And according to Shane Beamer, not sure if he's going to be in able to play at all as there are experts still looking at Zeb Nolan's hand. So the call now goes to the Palmetto State kid, Luke Doty. And according to Beamer, there's no lingering effects from the injury that Doty had in the scrimmage from early in football camp as he was on track to start for the Gamecocks, the season opener against Eastern Illinois before he got hurt. And that's what caused Zeb Nolan to come on and be the Gamecocks' starting quarterback for the first couple of games. Did a good job, I thought. I don't know how well USC would have done against Georgia if he'd have stayed in there because Georgia is just that good. But Luke Doty, who's got his hair cut, if you go back and look at him in 2020, and compare what he looks like today. He looks like a different person. He doesn't have the Aaron Rodgers look right now. He's got more of the Tom Brady All-American look going there. And I'm sure the ladies at the University of SC, or as they call it now, U of SC, are all into the Luke Doty look. We wish him well. And again, it's good to see that both Luke Doty and Zeb Nolan, who are about five years apart in age, are buddies. And they literally... I'm not kidding when I say this. They share the car rides back and forth the campus. And that's something you don't see every day for guys competing for the same kind of job. And in this case, the job, the the J-O-B, is starting quarterback for an SEC school. To the NFL and Bradley Chubb, who ended up leaving the victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars this past Sunday as he's an outside linebacker for the Denver Broncos, Bradley Chubb had to leave with a left ankle injury just before halftime, and now it looks like it is a stab-type pain going on there. And as a result of that, he's going to have to have some type of ankle surgery and hopes to return later in the season. Bradley Chubb of the Denver Broncos, the Austell, Georgia native who played his college ball at NC State. And we'll talk about the Wolfpack here in our ACC report in just a handful of minutes. He has been on the Broncos roster since 2018 and has done a great job as he's been to the Pro Bowl last year and even had his number nine jersey retired at NC State. I had no idea that had happened. Of course, was part of a very good football team at Hillgrove High School, and that, of course, is a a 6A power in Powder Springs, Georgia, part of the Cobb County School District. And what a fantastic guy he is on defense, the outside linebacker, Bradley Chubb. But right now, for this NFL player, he's going to be out for a little while looking for ankle surgery to repair what happened in the game that he had this past weekend against the Jacksonville Jaguars. By the way, Broncos 2-0. and Chiefs have already lost. The Raiders, I think, are 2-0. and And then what is the Chargers? I think it's a, it's a, that's a, looking like a very good AFC West right now this year a reminder speaking of the nfl we've got nfl action going on this evening from nrg stadium it's the houston texans 
And the Carolina Panthers, Davis Mills, is getting the start for the Texans as Tyrod Taylor out with an injury. And now the Panthers and Sam Darnold coming in. This is an NFL broadcast starting at 820 Eastern, 720 Central. Panthers, who are 2-0 against the 1-1 Houston Texans. Houston, darn near, won their game against the Browns this past weekend. It was a gutsy performance. Houston, right now, sits atop the AFC South. Of course, they're tied with the Titans. But, yeah, it's going to be NFL action on this Thursday evening. A quick look at the games set up for this weekend in the NFL. The WFT is going to be at Buffalo. Bears try to bounce uh, bounce into another win. The Bears will be at Cleveland. The Ravens will be at the Detroit Lions. How about this AFC battle? The Colts, they got to go to their backup. The Colts will be at the Tennessee Titans with an early game on Sunday. The Chargers and the Chiefs renew their rivalry there from GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. That game set for 1 Eastern, 12 noon time Sunday. Saints look to bounce back. They will be at the New England Patriots in an early game Sunday. The Atlanta Falcons will be along the Hudson River. They've got a game at MetLife Stadium against the New York football giants. The Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers get together Sunday afternoon. Also, your Sunday early game includes the Arizona Cardinals at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Your late afternoon games on Sunday include the Jets at the Denver Broncos. The Miami Dolphins, boy, they got throttled this past week. Dolphins will be swimming their way to Vegas to take on the Vegas Raiders. Tom Brady and the Bucks will be at the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday afternoon. Also, Seattle will be in Minnesota to take on the Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium. Your Sunday night broadcast this week, it's the San Francisco 49ers hosting the Green Bay Packers. Monday night football, it's the Philadelphia Eagles in an NFC East battle against the Dallas Cowboys. That from AT&T Stadium in Arlington. A quick look at what's on tap here in the NFL for week number three. When the Y'all Show comes back, we will switch over and tell you what's going on with the Atlantic Coast Conference. We've got news out of Clemson, and we'll walk through what's on tap in terms of the schedule for the ACC on this weekend of college football. That's right ahead. Deb's constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating kept giving her grief. She talked to her doctor to get some relief. Turns out Deb had irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC, which was a start. Saying yes to Linzess helped her do her part. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than six, and it should not be given to children six to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, Stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abby and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals.
and the Y'all Show. It's time for ACC Conversation with John Rawl and the Clemson Tigers, the elite of the Atlantic Coast Conference. They look to have a little bit more offensive mastery this week. After what they did last week against Georgia Tech, they they need to go back to the drawing board, frankly, and I think that's what Dabo Sweeney is going to do. I'll tell you what the matchups are for this weekend in the ACC in a minute, but speaking of the Tigers, they have lost Tyler Davis to injury, and another player, Lynn J. Dixon, has entered the transfer portal. What's going on along Lake Hartwell? Clemson defensive tackle Tyler Davis is going to need surgery to repair a torn bicep and is expected to miss about seven to eight weeks. That's what Dabo said on his weekly radio show this week. He also announced that running back Lynn J. Dixon has portaled up. He's entered the transfer portal, and that is a blow to Clemson's backfield depth. Now, Davis was the ESPN number 58 recruit for the 2019 class and was a big part of the team's defensive line as a true freshman. And his sophomore season, unfortunately for him, interrupted by injuries, and he missed Clemson's opener against Georgia due to COVID-19 protocols. He had seven tackles thus far in two games. He played as a result of Davis going out. Rook Orgohoro and Trey Williams are going to get the bulk of Davis's snaps at defensive tackle. Now, Dixon entered the spring as Clemson's likely starter at running back, serving as Travis Etienne's primary backup over the last couple of seasons. But he got, I guess, uh, in according to the reports I'm reading, he ran afoul of C.J. Spiller, the legendary Clemson running back in his own right, who's now a running back's coach there in Death Valley. And he and Spiller just didn't jihaw. And he ended up being held out of the first half of Clemson's opener for disciplinary reasons. And according to Dabo Sweeney, to his credit, to Lynn J. Dixon's credit, he is scheduled to graduate in December from Clemson University. Harvard on the Hartwell. But, uh, yes, a, a, a departure there from the backfield. And they lost Travis Etienne, of course, because he went to the NFL. He's been with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I believe he's out with injury. And now Clemson's backfield is really struggling. Clemson, this may not be Clemson's year. And that's saying something because this has been the most – along with Alabama, the most successful team in the last five years, winning two national championships, getting into the playoff, I think a total of five times. So much so, honestly, it's hard to keep track of them. They've been just that good. But Clemson is ranked number nine, and that is the highest ranking the conference has. North Carolina is ranked 21st in the latest poll. But Look out for Wake Forest. Wake Forest already has a 1-0 record in conference play. They beat handily Florida State this past weekend. Wake Forest is 3-0. And Wake and Boston College are your only undefeated ACC teams right now. And BC's got one heck of an opportunity this weekend in Chestnut Hill. Before I tell you about this weekend's ACC schedule, let me tell you about some news that came out On Wednesday, the College Football Playoff Board of Managers, which is comprised of 11 presidents and chancellors who have the authority to change the playoff, 
will actually not vote next week on a proposed 12-team format, and that delays any major changes to the current four-team field. I'm sorry. I thought we were dead straight ahead into a 8- or 12-team playoff, but you know what happened? When Texas and Oklahoma came out of nowhere and announced they were jumping to the SEC, that's really freaked some people out. And I think, and I'm perfectly, fa- I'm perfectly happy with the college football playing, the playoff staying at four teams. I'm perfectly fine if you, if you want to know my opinion and you didn't ask, but I'm telling you, I wish we didn't have the playoff. <laughs> I wish we, I mean, there's always going to be controversy over who should be your, your team playing for a championship. Always has been, probably always will be. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with having multiple national champions. I'm have I'm fine having a split championship and having two teams claim it every now and then. But my opinion doesn't really matter because it really comes down to money and it comes down to, I guess, these university presidents and chancellors. But they're not on the fast track like I thought they were. The commissioners are to meet in Chicago next week, but they're not going to vote according to reports on expanding the playoff next week. We will find out what the heck's up with the NCAA and their infinite wisdom soon, but that's a bit of a shocker to me. And, again, I kind of trace it back to that whole OU and UT, as in the one in Austin, deciding to switch on over to the SEC. What's on tap for the ACC here for week four of college football? It all gets going Friday. you got a great ACC battle going on at Scott Stadium in Charlottesville. ESPN2 is going to have this one. It's that undefeated Wake Forest Demon Deacon team. They are in Charlottesville to take on UVA and Bronco Mendenhall's Hoos. That game starts at 7 Eastern, 6 o'clock. 8 Eastern, 7 o'clock Central on the ACC network from the Carrier Dome. The Syracuse Orange and Hugh Freeze's Liberty Flames get together in upstate New York. On game day Saturday, New Hampshire is at Pitt. The Richmond Spiders weave their web over in Blacksburg against the Virginia Tech Hokies. That's an early game on the ACC network. Central Connecticut State, hey, they may end up losing. And that's what I project when they take on the Miami Hurricanes in an early game. Clemson and the NC State Wolfpack renew the Textile Bowl. That game from Carter-Finley Stadium is the ESPN broadcast starting at 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central. The Louisville Cardinals, they look to get the FSU Seminoles to 0-4. Louisville is in Doke Campbell to take on the Seminoles in a mid-afternoon ESPN 2 kick from Bobby Bowden Field. Kansas State and Duke, I'm sorry, rather, Kansas is at Duke, as in Kansas Jayhawks, as in a team that's 1-2, and two, taking on the resurgent Duke Blue Devils and their coach David Cutcliffe and the football team. ACC Network's got this one starting in Durham at 4 Eastern, 3 Central. In Atlanta, not at Bobby Dodd Stadium, but just about two miles away at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, it is your primetime game on the ACC Network, Georgia Tech, and the North Carolina Tar Heels playing a neutral site game there at the home of the Falcons. 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 the kick when it's the Jackets and the Heels. And the other intriguing matchup, it's an early game on Saturday. It is BC at home at Alumni Stadium in Chestnut Hill, and the Boston College Eagles welcome in 
from the SEC, the Missouri Tigers. It's a high noon Boston time kick between Mizzou and BC. And that's your ACC report here on Y'all Talk with an Accent on All Things Southern. And we will be here covering it all. And this gives me the opportunity to remind you, come Friday on the Y'all Show, we will have our first hour devoted totally to college football discussion. It is the Y'all Kickoff Show And we'll be right here to break it all down and remind you of teams like ACC teams taking on teams out of the SEC, as you have with Boston College and Mizzou. Show me a good time. When the Y'all Show comes back, we're going to wrap up Hour 1. We've got some social media fun to pass along. It's hashtag HelloBlue, and it's coming up next. By texting 64,000, you agree to receive recurring automated marketing messages from Babbel. Message and data rates may apply. No purchase required. Terms apply. Available at babbel.com slash TNC. Have you tried learning a new language, but it never seems to stick? That's because there's more to language than learning vocab words. Babbel is different. Babbel's multiple ways to learn helps you explore every aspect of a new language. Anytime. Right from your phone or computer. Practice real-life conversations in the Babbel app. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Get personalized help from an instructor in Babbel's live online classes. Classes are limited to six people. We keep them small so everyone can get the help and practice they need. Review words and phrases with fun games. Or dive into the culture with short videos. Whatever your learning motivation, Babbel gives you the tools you'll need to explore your new language. With Babbel, you can speak a new language. Babbel. More ways to explore. More ways to learn. Text Babbel to 64000 to start learning a new language today. Text Babbel to 64000. B-A-B-B-E-L to 64000. When we get together here for the Y'all Show, you just never know what's going to happen, especially when you cut on something called the Internet. Boy, you just have all kinds of fun stuff coming your way, and that's what happens when we have hashtag Hullabaloo, where social media meets the South. And here, let's go to social media. We find from Instagram, Denise Johnson Realtor. And she's got something that caught our eye here at Y'all, and it is talking about... Junior Assembly, as Denise Johnson Realtor says, Junior Assembly, time to get fancy and stuff. And she's got a great photo of some youngsters up with the hashtags cotillion, hashtag manners, and hashtag southern. Denise Johnson, who is a realtor there, she's one of North Carolina's top 10 realtors, and she is a horse lover. She's got Southern charm with New York City grit. Don't tell me she's one of them Northern Americans. But let me tell you about what she's talking about. And I had no idea this went on in the month of September, but it looks like there are cotillions in September. Who knew? And in Greensboro, North Carolina, it's called Junior Assembly. Now, I found a website that's called the, what is it, N ljc.com the national league of junior cotillions nljc.com and they have a mission statement 
and it says to act and learn to treat others with honor, dignity, and respect for better relationships with our family, friends, and business associates later in life, and to learn to practice ballroom dance. That is the mission statement of the National League of Junior Cotillions. And evidently, in Greensboro, North Carolina, right now in this beautiful time of fall, getting its leaves going, you have Junior Assembly there in that portion of the Old North State. And I think this happens at the Greensboro Country Club. That's what Denise Johnson Realtor is hinting at, at least, on her post on social media. So congratulations to the youngsters there in Greensboro. Congratulations to all you youngsters who get a chance to go to things like Junior Assembly and Cotillions and have a good time and dress up and look like, oh, you look like old folks. And that's a good thing. Because we know deep down you're still a young folk. So at least when you're 16 and 17 and maybe even 15, you get to go to things like cotillions and play old but not have all the crazy responsibilities that us old folks do have. Oh, if I could just go back and go to a junior cotillion. And I don't think, and this shows my ignorance here, if you know the answer, feel free to let me know here at our text line, 803-816-1170. I never went to a cotillion, and so I can't tell you what really goes on, but it looks like you better know how to ballroom dance if you do go to a cotillion. But what, from what I understand, a cotillion is definitely not your high school prom. It's a completely separate type deal, similar in that you got young folks and they dress up, and it's kind of a big deal. Probably a lot of money gets spent, but the end result is I don't think these things are generally attached to a school, and therefore as the mission statement of the National League of Junior Cotillions points out, its purpose is to act and learn to treat others with dignity, honor, and respect for better relationships with family, friends, and business associates later in life and to learn to practice ballroom dance. Now, that sounds rather noble. So get your children lined up in a cotillion near you if you're able to if, if you can afford it and enjoy a good time thank you again to denise johnson for sharing that with us here and letting us know all about what they call there in her part of north carolina this thing called the assembly there the junior assembly that's our one it's in the books we got to go put on our sunday best for our own cotillion and it's called hour number two of the y'all show we'll do that right after this It's been tough talking to my doctor about constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. I finally laid all my symptoms out there and how they keep coming back. She said I may have irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. We agreed it's time to try something different. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call 
your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Visit a doctor in person or online. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Hour two, y'all, and this is the Y'all Show. I'm the general of all things Southern. They call me John Rawl, and here for the next 60 minutes, give or take about two or three minutes, we're going to have some fun. We've got headlines coming in from across the South that we got to get to. Also, we've got a Southern book report headed your way this hour. I've got a breakdown of the top books for y'all to read before the hour is up. We've got country music news coming right out of Nashville and 16th Avenue. That's headed your way this hour. And Melissa Rhodes, she's going to be filing a Southern accent on Southern business. That's all coming later in the hour. Our text line, if you want to touch us, if you want to reach out and touch somebody, do that right now. 803-816-1170. We'd love to get your thoughts on what's going on in your part of Dixie. Don't forget our website is y'all.com. It's the South's homepage. And don't forget we're available in podcast form on items like the iHeart app, the TuneIn radio app, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and at y'all.com. All right, let's go into what's going on news-wise across the Southeast and more. And we'll pick up our headlines today with Space Force. Have y'all heard about what's going on in Huntsville, Alabama? That's the new home of the United States Space Force. And they have just unveiled this week their new futuristic uniforms. It's hard to sit here and tell you about it unless you actually see them for yourself. But I'll do my best fashion review of the Space Force's new prototype dress uniform. The uniform has a dark blue coat with a short upturned collar, a silver braid at the cuffs, and a diagonal row of silver buttons. The six buttons represent the service's establishment as the sixth branch of the United States military. The uniforms were modeled earlier this week by Space Force members, known as Guardians, and they did that during a meeting and a speech by Chief of Space Operations General John W.J. Raymond at the Air Force Association's Air, Space, and Cyber Conference. And they were modeling these service dress uniforms. And I'll tell you what, I'm not a Star Trek fan, but this looks like something out of Star Trek. It looks like something out of a, uh, what are the, the folks called that are in places like, Manhattan, and they come out and they open the door for you when, I guess, a matadi, mattered. I never had one. Uh, the, it looks kind of like the people that work at those big apartments in New York City that work downstairs and, like, tell you, hello, welcome, Mr. Raw. Good to see you today. Your mail's right over here. Oh, you had this message. Uh, I guess I'm stuck on maybe Mad Men had those kind of characters working in those jobs way back that's what this kind of looks like it's a it's a weird looking uniform and the space force has its own kind of whatever those things are called on a on a military uniform they're 
symbol of your your designation. I guess like if you're a pilot, you have pilot's wings. If you're in the Navy, you have your uh, whatever they call that that goes over your left chest that shows that you're a submariner or you're in the surface fleet. Uh, Army, Army doesn't really have those as much. But there's some kind of weird-looking thing that the Space Force has, and it it it's just different. You're gonna have to go check it out. In fact, did you realize the Space Force has its own Twitter account? It's United States Space Force at Space Force DoD, and there you can see these for yourself. And it, I'm I'm actually surprised they are going with a dark blue coat because I thought it'd be kind of cool if they have a completely different color than any of the other branches of service. I guess the Air Force uses a more royal blue, and the Navy uses a black coat, and the Army is more of this brown coat now. So maybe maybe the dark blue is not really being used, and that's why they went with that. But, uh, yeah, uh, y'all, y'all need to go weigh in and tell me what you think of the Space Force's new unis and see if you would wear one of them yourself. All right, let's tell you about some fun at least for a few in the Magnolia State. Two men went for a joyride in a free car, but it did not turn out so well for these knuckleheads. These two decided to go jump in an abandoned car that was on a road in Byram, about 10 miles south of the state capital of Jackson, Mississippi. The men told deputies there that they jumped in the vehicle because it had a sign that said free car and the keys were inside. After they drove south into Kapaya County, they took a closer look at the car and discovered a body inside of it. One of the men reported the discovery to the sheriff's office, which said it responded to Mississippi Highway 27 early over the weekend. Inside the car was a 34-year-old Anthony McCrillis. The coroner there in Kapaya County said McCrillis had died a few days earlier and that he was found with no clothes. <laughs> I'm sorry, you have to be on something to go jump in a car that says free car. I wonder what kind of car it was. I don't have a listing of it, but these two went for a joyride in what they thought was a free car and found a dead body in the back of it. I don't even think it was in the trunk, just in the back seat. What a surprise, as as uh, Gomer would say, surprise, surprise, surprise. I saw an episode of Gomer USMC just last night, and I had never seen this one, and I did not see it in its entirety, and I, I, I'm kicking myself. But y'all, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about, because I love it when these old 1950s and 60s sitcoms have a crossover type deal. And on that particular episode of Gomer Powell, his cousin Goober came all the way out to California to see him briefly. And I had a chance many years ago to get to know George Lindsay, who played that role of Goober. Didn't know him all that well, but we shared a a mutual friend and, and uh, pretty cool to see Jasper Alabama's own George Lindsay, AKA Goober on Sylacauga, Alabama's own Jim Varney, a.k.a. Gomer Powell. And that was on, and it was really neat. In fact, 
I used to have a boss from the Sylacauga area, and he said a word that I have never heard anybody say a word the way that he did until I heard his fellow Sylacaugan on that Gomer Pyle episode just last night. And do you know the word that they pronounced identical that I've never heard anybody else pronounce this word like this? It was T-W-I-C-E. And they pronounced it with a D on the end. Twiced. And uh, I've never heard anybody say that. And, you know, I'm going to double check because sometimes in life we think we just know everything about the English language and we think we're so darn smart. Um, I'm, I'm double checking to make sure that maybe back in jolly old England they didn't put a D on the end of twice. Um, now, according to the good old Merriam-Webster, twice is T-W-I-C-E, and nowhere am I saying that it has a D on the end of it, twice. Uh, yeah, my, my, old, my old boss would go around saying the word twice with a D, and, and Gomer said it too. I bet you George Lindsay and, and, and Goober didn't put a D on the end of twice, even though they they were from the same state, but you know, Jasper's in Walker County and that's like northwest of Birmingham and Sylacauga is to the southeast of Birmingham. And that's, there's a lot of differences between what goes on on the different sides of Beeham. <laughs> and I learned a lot. Again, it was a, it was a nice, it was a nice surprise to hear. Well, there I said it. it was a nice surprise, surprise, surprise to hear twice. And something I hadn't heard in a long time from my old boss, Mr. Roy. Yeah, he liked me a lot. And one of the reasons he liked me, because I wasn't an Alabama fan. He was a big Auburn fan. <laughs> and he loved to talk about Auburn. And I just had to sit there and shake my head and say, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. And, and 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 everybody else in the office, I think, liked that Alabama. Yeah, mm. good memories, good memories. You know what? We're making good memories here on the Y'all Show. How in the world did I start talking about Gomer Pyle after talking about a dead body in the back of a seat in Mississippi? I don't know, but let's move on. <laughs> See, that's what you get here on the Y'all Show. You don't find this kind of stuff on uh, Mark Levin, the Great One Show. All he does is bash the South. By the way, you don't hear this kind of talk about the South. And fun about the South on Sean Hannity's show, who bashes the South. And he shouldn't because I think his lady friend is from my home city. And that's not a good thing for her to let him get away with that. And you certainly don't hear the MSDNCs of the world saying nice things about the South. But I do. Okay, up next, another story. This comes to us from North Carolina. Prosecutors say a man has defrauded Amazon out of $290,000, and he did it by defrauding them in a scam of returns. The U.S. Department of Justice said court filings show Hudson Hamrick of Charlotte, North Carolina, was charged earlier this week with wire fraud. Hamrick is accused of making more than 300 fraudulent transactions over the course of about three years. According to these charging documents, Hamrick would order an expensive product from Amazon, 
file a return and receive a full refund. Hamrick received bogus refunds on the return of more than 270 products, about 250 of which were worth significantly less than what he initially ordered. If he didn't indicate a return, or rather if he didn't initiate a return, Mr. Hamrick would seek a concession by claiming to have never received the product or that it arrived broken, necessitating a replacement, that according to prosecutors. Hamrick also bought expensive items, sent back a cheaper replacement, and then resold the more expensive product online. Hmm, that's not very trustworthy. That's not very southern Hudson Hamrick of Charlotte, North Carolina. He's innocent until proven guilty. But again, according to federal prosecutors, this North Carolina man scammed Amazon out of nearly 300,000 big ones. I wonder how much Amazon scammed us, you know, the good old folks of the South, out of money with their hmm, rather expensive things at times. Although I'm sure they'll say, oh, we're not the maker, we're just the distributor. I don't think Amazon's going to go broke after what this guy did, but he shouldn't have done it. And somewhere there needs to be a little bit of a corporal punishment maybe brought forward on this guy. Maybe, what did I say, some of the more expensive things. They need to take some of those expensive things and and slap him upside the wrist or something like that. We'll leave his head alone. We don't want to do that kind of stuff. Okay, I can't get in trouble here on this show talking about torturing people. But that guy did torture Amazon for about $300,000, it appears. What are we going to do, y'all? What are we going to do? McDonald's has started to phase out plastic toys from their Happy Meals. What are we going to do? Early this week, McDonald's said it's working with toy companies to develop new ideas, such as three-dimensional cardboard superheroes kids can build. McDonald's said it's also exploring using recycled plastic toys to make new restaurant trays. The company, which sells more than a billion toys each year, says the new goal will reduce its use of virgin plastic. Do y'all know what virgin plastic is? Hmm. Virgin plastic is going to hopefully reduce it by 90% by drastically reducing the plastic in its Happy Meal toys across the whole world, and they hope to do this by 2025. The company has already made the change in Great Britain and Ireland where it only sells soft toys or books in its Happy Meals. How would you like to be the five-year-old kid who goes into McDonald's hoping to get a toy and you get a book? Probably a book you don't want. I believe I'd pitch a hissy fit if I were that kid. How about McDonald's and Chick-fil-A? I kind of cite both for brainwashing parents into going to get chicken nuggets two to three times a day. They've done a good job. We love capitalism, but boy, they've done a great job of pushing the whole kids' chicken nugget type thing. And there's a lot of kids out there that they wouldn't be able to get through life without either a McDonald's or a Chick-fil-A chicken nugget going down their pipe hole (laughs) a couple of times a day i'm sorry i'm just telling you the truth you might not want to hear it but that's that is true and i know because i've helped pay for about five thousand happy meals 
over the course of the last decade. I know. And I also know that there's not been one toy that McDonald's has put in those Happy Meals that had become the youngster's favorite toy of all times. Mostly they're just Chinese junk. That's that's about all it adds up to. At least that's what I think it does, yes. And that, again, is the big McDonald's story of the day that we're sharing with you right here on Y'all. We've got so much more to cover. we got more to pass along. And you know what? We're going to do that. When we come back on Y'all, we'll keep the fun going. We've got a Southern book report. Is your favorite book that's just come out number one on the New York Times bestsellers list? I'll share that info. I'll tell you about the great authors and more. Also, coming up later in the hour, a look at country music news from Nashville, Tennessee. That's the home of the Grand Ole Opry. And we'll have all that coming up. By texting 64,000, you agree to receive recurring automated marketing messages from Babbel. Message and data rates may apply. No purchase required. Terms apply. Available at babbel.com slash TNC. Have you tried learning a new language, but it never seems to stick? That's because there's more to language than learning vocab words. Babbel is different. Babbel's multiple ways to learn helps you explore every aspect of a new language, anytime, right from your phone or computer. Practice real-life conversations in the Babbel app. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Get personalized help from an instructor in Babbel's live online classes. Classes are limited to six people. We keep them small so everyone can get the help and practice they need. Review words and phrases with fun games. Or dive into the culture with short videos. Whatever your learning motivation, Babbel gives you the tools you'll need to explore your new language. With Babbel, you can speak a new language. Babbel. More ways to explore. More ways to learn. Text Babbel to 64000 to start learning a new language today. Text Babbel to 64000. B-A-B-B-E-L to 64000. Welcome, everybody, and thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear, filling in for Smokey on his birthday. Because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Just look at the news. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless. And I'm not just talking about obvious things like campfires or letting your totally sweet nephew, Francis, play with matches. I'm talking about dumping your used barbecue coals willy-nilly or parking your car on tall, dry grass. That can lead to... Poof! Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. But listen... Being a South Carolinian, I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous, deciduous, or new car scented. So if you love the outdoors like me, go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention, because fire safety is always in season. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze. Country roads take me home to the place. Yeah. 
you know, I think that song there is going to be a hit. Back into y'all talk with an accent on everything Southern, and let's get a little intellectual, if you don't mind. We've got a book report, and we're going to tell you what are the top-selling books in the land, according to the New York Times bestsellers list. And from the combined print and ebook fiction category, we have a brand new book that has debuted at number one on the NYT combined print and ebook fiction category list. It's from Lion or Leon Variety, and it's called Apples Never Fall. The Delaney siblings suspect their father of causing the disappearance of their mother. Ooh, that would be a rather timely read with what's been going on. In the last few days with that uh, couple that, well, I'm not going to talk about it here. I think we've heard enough of that. Apples Never Fall, number one from Leon Moriarty. Number two, it's also brand new this week, and it is called Vince Flynn, Enemy at the Gates from Kyle Mills. And it's a book about Anthony Cook, an autocratic president who distrusts Mitch Rapp, who is working to uncover a traitor. Enemy at the Gates from Kyle Mills. And it is, what do they call this? A Mitch Rapp novel. That's what this book is. I guess it's part of its series. Also new this week, Colson Whitehead is on the New York Times bestsellers print and ebook fiction category at number three with Harlem Shuffle. Colson Whitehead's book is about Ray Carney, a family man who sells furniture on 125th Street, and he gets a new clientele made up of vicious and unsavory characters, Colson Whitehead and Harlem Shuffle. The next book's only been out a couple of weeks. Sally Rooney, it's been on the list for two weeks now. Beautiful World, Where Are You? A novelist, a warehouse worker, an editorial assistant, and a political advisor deal with changes. Sally Rooney, I wonder if she's kin to Andy Rooney. Sally Rooney and Beautiful World, Where Are You? Colleen Hoover, her book checks in at number five on the combined print and ebook fiction category. Colleen's book is called It Ends With Us. It's been on the New York Times bestseller list for about three months now. It Ends With Us. It is about a battered wife who's raised in a violent home who attempts to halt the cycle of abuse. And that's your number five combined print and ebook fiction book of the week. When we scoot over and look at the combined print and ebook nonfiction list this week, oh, I just said his name a few minutes ago. I don't like what the guy says about this part of the world. I don't like having to admit he's got the number one book. On the New York Times bestseller list for several weeks in a row now. (sighs) At number one, it's the great one, Mark R. Levin and his book, American Marxism. As the Fox News Channel's weekend host gives his take on the Green New Deal, critical race theory, and social activism. American Marxism from Mark R. As in, hmm... What would be a good R word for this guy who likes to bash the South? Uh, Revisionist? Maybe he needs to be revising what he says about this part of the world. Maybe he needs to come be in. Mark, if you're listening, come on down. Let me show you what the South's all about. And you can start writing positive things instead of just being a, a hater. Mark R. Levin, 
American Marxism is your number one combined print and ebook nonfiction book. This book's only been out a couple of weeks. Again, it's got the Fox News Channel connection, also known as the Book Channel. And Chris Wallace, he's teamed up with Mitch Weiss, and they've got the number two book on this New York Times bestsellers list nonfiction category. Countdown Bin Laden, the intelligence gathering, security strategizing, and military planning during the final eight months of the pursuit of Osama Bin Laden. Why is this book just now coming out? I mean, it's been a long time since Bin Laden went to his hmm, maker, if he had such a thing. And this would have been a great book in the final years of the Obama administration. Maybe some of this stuff's been under some kind of secret file and they weren't able to talk about it. But Countdown Bin Laden out from Chris Wallace. He's just so smart when he's on Fox Sunday morning and he just knows everything. Well, let's see how much he knows about Bin Laden in Countdown Bin Laden. I don't know what's got into me here today, but I'm just... I'm just talking. I'm talking to (laughs) y'all. Brand new book on the nonfiction category this week. It is from Heather Hying and Brett Weinstein, and it's called A Hunter-Gatherer's Guide to the 21st Century. The evolutionary biologists posit that the modern world is out of sync with our own ancient brains and bodies. Ooh, this looks rather intelligent when you pick up a Hunter-Gatherer's Guide to the 21st Century. It's out, and it debuted this week at number three on the New York Times bestsellers list. Also brand new this week, Mary Roach and Fuzz. An exploration of disciplinary actions and preventative measures occurring at the intersection of human behavior and wildlife biology. Where in the world does someone come up with an idea to write a book like this? But you know what? It was a good idea because Mary Roach, you, my friend, have the number four book on the New York Times bestsellers list this week in the combined print and ebook nonfiction category. And last, we have on the NYT list in the nonfiction category, Bessel van der Kolk. The Body Keeps the Score. This one's been out for just over a year. How Trauma Affects the Body and Mind and Innovative Treatments for Recovery. And those, again, are your best books, your best-selling books for both uh, fiction and nonfiction category. And it's according to the New York Times. And you know, if the New York Times says it so, then it, it's, it write it in blood. It's definitely true. Y'all... Talk with a Southern accent. We're going to go from the New York Times list of great things to our own country music way of life. And we've got some news out of Music City and more. And that is coming up right after the break. Deb's constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating kept giving her grief. She talked to her doctor to get some relief. Turns out Deb had irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBS-C, which was a start. Saying yes to Linzess helped her do her part. 
Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Avian Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I trail. Grow up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a sunny I grow up, porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be a... 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 When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. So what do y'all think of that one right there? This is the Country Music Report from John Rawl, a certified Southerner, a certified country music insider. And it's time now here on this Thursday edition of Y'all to have a little country music news and notes. And that right there is the sound of Ray Lynn. And it's her with Get That All The Time. That is a duet she's got out with Mitchell Tenpenny. Brand new this week. It's from her forthcoming album, Baytown. Ray Lynn, I'm going to tell you more about her. Let me tell you more about y'all.com. It's the South's homepage. And at y'all.com, we got all kinds of great country music news and notes up there at every opportunity we get. And you can go there and learn so much about what's going on in Nashville and beyond. And we are happy here on y'all to showcase all that's going on in the country music world 
from Nashville or wherever country music stars are doing all that they do. All right, let me tell you more about Ray Lynn, if you're not familiar with this Texan. She is from Baytown, and that's the name, again, of this new album. She was on The Voice Season 2 way back in 2012. She was eliminated in the quarterfinals, and she's 27 years old. If she was on The Voice in 2012, that was she would have been right at around 18 years old when she made her national TV debut. And Ray Lynn, born there in Baytown, raised in Baytown, Texas, and she wanted to get a music career going when she was still in her mid-teens. She actually graduated high school early back in 2010. She auditioned for The Voice, ended up being on it for several episodes. She sang songs like She's Country and Wake Up Call before she ended up being eliminated. She was actually eliminated by Blake Shelton. Shame, shame, Blake Shelton. But, uh, yeah, she has had a couple of albums She's had a studio album called Wild Horse. That went all the way to number one on the country chart, by the way, and a compilation out as well on the Big Machine imprint. And her singles through the years, God Made Girls, that went all the way to number seven on the chart and was a platinum single in 2014 for Ray Lynn. For a Boy was another song for her, Love Triangle. And now this latest release that she's got out, and again, she's teaming up in this case, with Mitchell Tenpenny on Get That All The Time. We wish her all the best with this song. And again, something a little bit more of the modern sound you'll find with Ray Lynn, born Rachel Lynn Woodward, the 27-year-old who, if you look at her personal life, she got engaged to a then-financial advisor named Joshua Davis. They were married in 2016. A year after their wedding, Raylan revealed that Joshua Davis had enlisted in the military. In May of this year, they announced that they are expecting their first child, a daughter. Raylan has type 1 diabetes. How about that? Raylan, up-and-coming singer. And now with this song out with Mitchell Tenpenny, we'll see how well Get That All The Time does on the charts. A guy that's done pretty well on the charts. He's a native Arizonan, but he's darn good. And his name is Dirk Spentley. And Dirk Spentley, after spending the last year homeschooling his own kids, is thankful for teachers. He recently released Breland and Hardy, a collaboration called Beers on Me. And that one is a song that you need to check out. And it discusses the ups and downs of homeschooling his three children. He says sometimes it's brutal, it's awful, but no one is more thankful for teachers than parents this last year, and hopefully we haven't forgotten that lesson. He recently said that on Odyssey's Kelly Ford in the Morning Show. Dirks Bentley and his wife Cassidy, they thought that homeschooling would be pretty easy to do, but that changed quickly. Bentley went on to say, I remember last year everything went down. We gave it. That would be homeschooling a try. And first thing, we crushed it. My wife and I were like high-fiving each other. We were like, this is so easy. The two of us managing three kids, we were just like getting it done. The next day, it was the complete opposite. I mean, screaming, crying, and that was just us. (laughs) That's pretty funny. 
Okay, so Dirk Bentley is on his Beers on Me tour alongside Riley Green and Parker McCollum. And he said he's had so much respect for teachers and what they do. And he says, sometimes I think we got it turned around backwards. I'm getting paid what I get paid to go play a show. And teachers are getting paid what they do. And they have the hardest job there is, which is dealing with a bunch of kids. If you want to check out where Dirk Bentley and his Beers on Me tour is, you can go to his website, dirks.com, D-I-E-R-K-S.com. Or your boy, John Rawl, here on the Y'all Show, can hopefully tell you where Dirks, Riley Green, and Parker McCollum, as well as DJ Idem, I don't know, I don't know who that is, where you might can find the Beers on Me tour. I think this is the complete listing, but it doesn't really have it official, official. But here's all I can pull up, so this is the best I can do you all. His first tour stop is going to be in Detroit City at the DTE Energy Music Theater. That's on October 7th. Then he'll be working his way down to Cincinnati, Riverbend Music Center. October 8th is where Dirk Bentley and company will be. Then he's going to go to Bristow, not Britain. Well, I think he might have misspelled this. Surely to goodness, there's not a Bristow, Virginia. There's a Bristol, Virginia. Did they really mess this up? Hmm. You know, these people get paid a lot of money. These people who get hired by people like Dirk Spindley to run websites. And they've got this tour stop as Bristow, Virginia. I'm double checking here. Bear with me. Maybe there is one. Bristow is an unincorporated community of Prince William County in Northern Virginia. Well, shame on me. Hmm. Yeah, right outside of D.C., if that's where this is going to be. The venue, that's what's more important, is Jiffy Lube Live. Let's see if that's actually in. I'm sure that I wouldn't be the first person to think that this was a misprint. Jiffy Lube Live. You can go to bristowamphitheater.com and learn more about this venue in Prince William County, Virginia. Hmm. Going back again to our Gomer Powell and Goober references. Well, golly. Uh, Did not know that. See, I have taught y'all that there is a Bristol, Virginia, and a Bristol, Tennessee, and a Bristow. There's only one little character that separates the name of these two towns. I guess they just ran out of good names when they were drawing uh, 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 Virginia on the map. Yeah, that Tennessee, too. Uh, Bristow, Virginia. All right, after a few days away, I guess he's going to be stopping by Bristol, Virginia on his way back to Nashville. On October 15th, Dirks Bentley and company will be in Indianapolis at the Ralph Music Center there, October 15th with a date. They'll be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the pavilion at Star Lake, October 16th. They'll be here in the South, St. Louis, at the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, October 21st. And it all wraps up in Walmart country. They'll be in Rogers, Arkansas, at the Walmart Amp. Boy, they really thought long and hard on naming that one. October 22nd, Dirk Smentley is performing there, and he's going to be with Priscilla Block on that particular October 22nd engagement there in Northwest Arkansas. Mitchell Tenpenny, we were just talking about him, and Mitchell Tenpenny is going to be with Dirk Smentley 
on that Indianapolis date, October 15th. And Lindsey L. will be alongside him, it looks like, uh, maybe in Indianapolis too. Kind of confusing. Dirk, she might, again, maybe you don't need to get somebody to fix your website for you now that I just absolutely went off on that. All right, let's tell you about CMT. They have announced its 2020 Artist of the Year ahead of the October 13th celebration. The Artist of the Year from Nashville's Shimmerhorn Symphony Center will honor Chris Stapleton, Gabby Barrett, Kane Brown, Kelsey Ballerini, and Luke Combs. And these festivities, the CMT Artist of the Year event, that's going to come direct from the Shimmerhorn in Music City And that's going to be coming to you October 13th at 9 Eastern, 8 Central. Five artists of the year. These five artists have dominated country music in the last 12 months, according to the release. Again, those five, your power five, Chris Stapleton, Gabby Barrett, Kane Brown, Kelsey Ballerini, and Luke Combs. There's going to be a 90-minute special on CMT on October 13th. It's going to have all five having never-before-seen performances, collaborations, and congratulatory moments. Sounds like a fun event. Sounds like something I need to get credentialed and see there October 13th in Nashville. You know what else I need to go see? Dolly Parton's film, Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, And you know what? That's just won two Emmy Awards at the recent Emmy Awards here on Sunday of this past weekend. Netflix's Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square won Emmy for the Outstanding Television Movie and Best Choreography at the Creative Arts Ceremony also this past weekend. Regarding the achievement, Dolly Parton, who served as executive producer, star, and composer on the project, called the movie A Perfect Little Storm, She said, we knew that when we were creating this movie that it would be aired in the middle of the pandemic and it would bring so much joy and so much hope to millions of people around the world. I think that was one of the greatest gifts that we have gave and didn't didn't even know quite when we were doing it that we were going to help uplift the world. So great job, Dolly. Christmas on the Square, Emmy Award winning film, from a lady whose award cabinet and trophy cabinet never, never is going to ever be big enough, just like maybe what some would say a certain article of clothing also somewhere there in her cabinet, perhaps. Y'all talk with a Southern accent. We are the show covering all things Southern. And when we come back, we're going to wrap up this hour. Melissa Rhodes is here. She's going to have a Southern accent on Southern business. And that's up as we conclude the second hour. Texting 64,000, you agree to receive recurring automated marketing messages from Babbel. Message and data rates may apply. No purchase required. Terms apply. Available at babbel.com slash TNC. Have you tried learning a new language, but it never seems to stick? That's because there's more to language than learning vocab words. Babbel is different. Babbel's multiple ways to learn helps you explore every aspect of a new language. 
anytime, right from your phone or computer. Practice real-life conversations in the Babbel app. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Get personalized help from an instructor in Babbel's live online classes. Classes are limited to six people. We keep them small so everyone can get the help and practice they need. Review words and phrases with fun games. Or dive into the culture with short videos. Whatever your learning motivation, Babbel gives you the tools you'll need to explore your new language. With Babbel, you can speak a new language. Babbel. More ways to explore. More ways to learn. Text Babbel to 64000 to start learning a new language today. Text Babbel to 64000. B-A-B-B-E-L to 64000. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to. Nope. I'm sure you've got a perfectly good excuse. Kids, work. <laughs> I get it. You're busy. So what better time than now? Let's begin. Raise one finger if you're a man. Ladies, none yet. Oh, count in your head if you're driving. Now, three more fingers for everyone over 60, two over 50, one over 40, one more if you're not physically active, another finger if anyone in your family has type 2 diabetes, another if you've got high blood pressure. If you're overweight, raise another finger, two if you're very overweight, and three if you're really overweight. You've just taken the world's first audio pre-diabetes test. And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Southern Accent. Here's the Business South update from y'all.com. I'm Melissa Rhodes. Jennifer Pagliera is a Nashville-based financial planner and also a financial columnist for the Tennessean newspaper. Her latest column is a reminder for those looking to invest their assets wisely. Five questions everyone should ask a prospective financial advisor. Selecting an advisor can be nerve-wracking, and you could be unsure of what questions to ask. So Pagliera's first question, are you a fiduciary? Are you the person that acts on behalf of another person or organization? Also, how do you get paid? Third question, where do you custody? As registered financial advisors are not allowed to come into physical contact with clients' assets. Fourth question to ask a prospective financial advisor, what services do you provide? And lastly, what's your experience? For more info on Pagliera, visit capwealthgroup.com. Business news, headlines, and more at y'all.com. And thank you, Melissa, for that. And I was just taking those notes as I need to go in and see my financial advisor and tell him what to do with all the uh, dozens of coins I've got wrapped up in the car and, and, and see what I can do with that. And, and I, think I, I think I can trust my financial advisor, uh, m- maybe. Hour three, y'all, is coming up. We've got to look at some Southern sports news to start things. And then we've got an article up about the National Blue Ribbon Schools. We're going to share with you every single National Blue Ribbon School in the South is your favorite school on that list. I'll let you know right here on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. It's been tough talking to my doctor about constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. I finally laid all my symptoms out there and how they keep coming back. She said I may have irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBS-C. We agreed it's time to try something different. 
Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Visit a doctor in person or online. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abby and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. It's the final hour of Y'all Talk with an Accent on All Things Southern. I'm the General of the South. I am John Rawl, CSA Certified Southern American. And we are glad that you have a few moments to sit down or stand up or exercise or lay in bed, however you're positioned. We thank you for taking the opportunity to listen in on the show about the South, the hottest show going about the Southeast. And we're Already got two hours of the fun in the books, and we're going to wrap things up here in this, the final hour of our Thursday edition. Ahead on the Y'all Show, the United States Department of Education has just released its National Blue Ribbon Schools list, and I'm going to tell you all of the Blue Ribbon Schools of the Southeast. That's ahead in the next segment. Also, we've got more headlines to share with you before we get out of here in this final hour of the Y'all Show. And a look at some of the great festivals and events going on this weekend, the first weekend of fall. All that's coming up later in this third hour. 803-816-1170. That's the way to reach out to us here at the show about the South. If you've got something to say, well, we want to hear it. Also, our website is y'all.com. It is the South's homepage. Again, thank you for taking an opportunity to be with us we own, We hope to be your show. That's why we are here. All right. Wrapping up this third hour with a quick look at some sports headlines. We're going to tell you about the Ryder Cup. That gets underway on Friday. The big news out of the SEC this week is Luke Doty is going to be back in the starting lineup for Shane Beamer's South Carolina Gamecocks. This is the young Myrtle Beach native who played in 2020, then got hurt right when football practice began in early August, ended up missing a month due to a hurt foot, and he is scheduled to be behind center for the Gamecocks when they host the Kentucky Wildcats Saturday at Williams-Brice Stadium. This is a primetime, under-the-lights affair at Willie B. South Carolina currently is 2-1 and one overall. They lost their SEC opener between the hedges and Doty comes back under center after Zeb Nolan, a one-time graduate assistant who ended up saying, you know what, I think I'm going to go back and play a little football for the South Carolina SEC Gamecocks. Well, he got a little dinged up in that game in Athens last week. That's why Luke Doty is getting the start. And I think the South Carolina quarterback situation is pretty darn strong. I think it's strong because I think Zeb Nolan is a good quarterback and I think Luke Doty is a good quarterback. And there's even a, another guy who's transferred in who's pretty darn good, too. So South Carolina 
at least in terms of offense, in my opinion, and I've seen them. I didn't see any of their Georgia game. I did see most of the East Carolina game that they won. They've got a good quarterback. They've got great receivers. They've got decent running backs. I guess the question mark is their offensive line. And then on defense, you know, that's been their strong point the last few years. I mean, good Lord, they had a guy go number eight overall this year in the NFL draft to the Carolina Panthers. And so, uh, I mean, I I just don't see the defense slipping that bad. But there was a coaching change. So you might indeed have that defense. And and they got rattled by Georgia. But as Shane Beamer said in his press conference this week, Georgia is an elite program. But he wasn't scared of Georgia. He did say, you know, they're in the SEC. We're in the SEC. They have great recruits. We've got great recruits. They just have to, as every team has to do, figure it all out, get out there and and do it and win. And that's what, you know, maybe South Carolina's not quite Georgia, but are they Kentucky? Are they as good as what Mark Stoops has done? Kentucky sits at 3-0. and Kentucky's already beat Missouri in SEC play. Kentucky is on the road against the Gamecocks. This is a crucial game, I think, to show – if South Carolina can even go to a bowl game, if they can find a way to beat UK and go to 3-1, and one, they've got a legitimate chance at, at winning enough games to go bowling. And that's saying a lot for a first-year coach. Kentucky, meanwhile, they barely got past Chattanooga. They did beat Missouri to their credit. And this is the kind of game Kentucky can't fall asleep and lose. Kentucky has beaten South Carolina I think it's about seven of the last eight times they've faced off. They have owned the Garnet and Black, and that's pretty impressive. And it's all to the credit of Coach Stoops. That's about the same amount of time he's been at Commonwealth Stadium, a.k.a. Kroger Field. And Kentucky can continue that domination Saturday with that South Carolina matchup. But right now, South Carolina rides in with a very good quarterback, and Kentucky's also, uh, other than the Chattanooga game, the transfer they've got there, Levis, he's got the strong – I heard somebody bragging about his arm strength and more. They just need to forget about Chattanooga and see if they can take care of business, as they've been doing for seven of the last eight years against the fighting roosters from Columbia, South Carolina. Reminder that the NFL is kicking off at NRG Stadium with a Thursday night Match up the NFL networks where you can tune in starting at 820 Eastern, 720 Central. It's the Houston Texans and their backup Davis Mills behind center. He's going to be facing off against the Carolina Panthers, Christian McCaffrey, Sam Darnold. You've got so many great defensive players for the Panthers. Brian Burns out of Florida State's one of those stars. Also, they've got Morgan Fox, a guy who's come over from the Rams in the offseason that's doing really well for Matt Rule's ball club. Check this one out. Houston, which to me, a little bit surprising. They're going into this game one and one. And the Texans at home in this NFL broadcast Thursday night football. Then a whole bunch of games coming your way on Sunday on the docket, if you will, for all the action Sunday going into Monday night football as well. All right. If you want some golf, good news. The Ryder Cup is finally here. Kohler, Wisconsin is the place to be for the next couple of days as Whistling Straits there, the Straits course there at Kohler, Wisconsin's golf course, is hosting this latest Ryder Cup. 
Now, for the United States to walk away with the cup, they need to beat Europe, of course. Europe just needs 14 points to retain the Ryder Cup. And it all tees off on Friday starting at 8 o'clock in the morning. On this par 72 Whistling Straits course, again, this Ryder Cup scheduled for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. These PGA golfers love this thing. And I know it's not necessarily a major tournament. All four tournaments seem to be so thrilling. This one, again, with its fact that it's not held every year, I think makes for some intriguing golf. But the players like it, and it's a chance for them to kind of team up and hang out with each other. So let me walk through for a moment your players for each of the teams as we break down, I think it's 12 players per squad, both for the Europe squad and the United States squad. First up for the Europeans, who, again, are defending. All they got to do is get those 14 points, and the Ryder Cup stays with Team Europe. They are coming into Wisconsin with one heck of a golfer, the best golfer, according to many in the world right now, Spaniard John Rahm. John Rahm is ranked right now number one, and he is making his second Ryder Cup appearance at this week's Ryder Cup. He's on Team Europe. Also from Team Europe, Roy McIlroy, the Northern Irishman. He's on there. Sergio Garcia, another Spaniard. He has made the team. How about Victor Hovland, the Oklahoma State golfer? He's on there. You also have from Team Europe, Paul Casey, the Englishman. Very, very sharp around the greens. He has made it on the Ryder Cup team. Also from England, Tommy Fleetwood. He's on there. Also, you've got from Team Europe, Shane Lowry, guy who won the Open Championship two years ago. He's on there from Ireland. Bern Wiesberger, I think he is an Austrian. He has made it. Ian Poulter, I love this guy, I love his hair. The Englishman, he's on the team rider team from Europe. Terrell Hatton, he's on there, as well as Englishman, the guy from UPS, UPS sponsors with the gigantic arms and the uh, beautiful fiance, who is his caddy, Lee Westwood. Lee's on Team Europe. Now, what about Team USA? Alabama Crimson Tide alum, Justin Thomas. I think he's number two in the world right now. And he is a big-time player, and he's on the Ryder Cup team. The guy that finished out the last year of golf, the PGA Tour, by winning the PGA Tour Championship, winning $15 million, winning some key events there at the end, Patrick Cantlay. He's on Team USA. Also representing the good old US of A, Texas Longhorn, Texas X, Jordan Spieth. You have from California, Xander Shoffley. From Irmo, South Carolina, Dustin Johnson, the Chanticleer. He's on Team USA. A native of Utah, Tony Finau. Great guy. Finally won on the PGA Tour for just the first time in the lower 48 as he won that event there just outside of New York City to start the playoffs there of the PGA Tour. Another great golfer, another great guy who played his college career at SMU, Bryson DeChambeau. Brooks Kepka, the Florida native, the Florida State alum, he is on Team USA. Daniel Berger, a Florida State alum, he's also on Team USA. California kid and Open Championship, the current 
holder of that, as well as I think he won the PGA Championship in the last year. Colin Morikawa is on Team USA. A good guy that grew up in Georgia, went to school at Baylor School in Chattanooga, Harris English. He's also a UGA alum. Harris English is on Team USA. Texas guy, UT guy, Scotty Scheffler on Team USA. Also, you have Matthew Fitzpatrick on Team USA, and he represents the last Team USA member. So that is the breakdown of the roster for both squads here. It is, again, the Ryder Cup from Whistling Straits. It's Team USA versus Team Europe. Europe is your defending champ. They need 14 points to retain the Ryder Cup. And if you like the good United States of America, you're going to hope that they don't get those 14 points. And this is a thing, again, you can actually get out there and cheer. You can say, hey, choke, Europe, miss that one-foot putt. Ha, 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 you missed it. Kind of like, uh, you know, be like Adam Sandler would be proud for the Ryder Cup. Because, yeah, Happy Gilmore, this is like perfect for fans of that. Y'all continues. After the break, the U.S. Department of Education has released its National Blue Ribbon Schools list. And I'll share it with you when we come back. By texting 64,000, you agree to receive recurring automated marketing messages from Babbel. Message and data rates may apply. No purchase required. Terms apply. Available at babbel.com slash TNC. Have you tried learning a new language, but it never seems to stick? That's because there's more to language than learning vocab words. Babbel is different. Babbel's multiple ways to learn helps you explore every aspect of a new language. Anytime. Right from your phone or computer. Practice real-life conversations in the Babbel app. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Get personalized help from an instructor in Babbel's live online classes. Classes are limited to six people. We keep them small so everyone can get the help and practice they need. Review words and phrases with fun games. Or dive into the culture with short videos. Whatever your learning motivation, Babbel gives you the tools you'll need to explore your new language. With Babbel, you can speak a new language. Babbel. More ways to explore. More ways to learn. Text Babbel to 64000 to start learning a new language today. Text Babbel to 64000. B-A-B-B-E-L to 64000. All they do is talk No wedding ring, chip, fingernail polish She always wished that she could go to college But some dreams fade They just slip away She started the show A few months ago and she had to go Sarah, thank you much. That's Sarah Evans, Missouri gal, right here on Talk With a Accent on Southern Culture and All Things Southern, a little Southern education from time to time. In fact, Sarah Evans grew up 
in New Franklin, Missouri, and I don't know the exact school that she attended, but Sarah and all those in New Franklin, you, you need to listen up here as we continue on with the show about the South because our latest segment here is all about education. This week, the United States Department of Education has released the National Blue Ribbon Schools list, and I'm going to walk through here the winners from each of the 16 southern states. So get your number two pencil out, and what do they call that little thing that has the, uh, it's more of a college type deal, but it's the thing you have to go buy at the bookstore that's got a couple of pages of blank paper and Oh, gosh, see, I've already forgotten. Shame on me. Text me, 803-816-1170. What that thing is called in academia that you have to have when you go take a test. I'm actually glad I've forgotten because that was always a bad memory. Sarah, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. That would be Sarah Evans, by the way. All right, so there is this annual U.S. Department of Education National Blue Ribbon Schools thingy they come out with. And it recognizes a total of 325 educational facilities across the country for their exemplary test performances or efforts to close achievement gaps between students. This thing was created in 1982. The National Blue Ribbon School Program recognizes public, parochial, and private learning facilities from across the country as nominated by the chief educational officers in each state. And we have the list. Uh, let me see. Uh, yes, let's pull it out here. Let's make a big deal out of this because we've got, again, 325 schools recognized across 45 states. In fact, I've got the breakdown of the numbers, so I better scoot through quickly some of these states as we've got, let's see here, 16 southern states that we cover, and we have winners in every state but Maryland, Maryland, shame on you. You did not get a single Blue Ribbon School this year. Your highest number for the South comes to us from, shouldn't be too big of a surprise, state of Texas, 26 Blue Ribbon Schools. And uh, I'll just kind of quickly go through alphabetically the number, then I'll go through more detail in a second. Alabama had five winners. Arkansas, four. Georgia, or rather Florida, had seven. Georgia, nine. Kentucky had five Blue Ribbon School winners. Louisiana had eight. Maryland, zero. Mississippi had four Blue Ribbon School winners. Missouri had eight. Maybe that's where one of them would be Sarah Evans's school there in New Franklin, Missouri. North Carolina, eight winners as well. Oklahoma, six. South Carolina had five Blue Ribbon Schools. Tennessee, six. Texas, as we said, 26. Virginia 7, West Virginia 3. So that's kind of setting the stage. What it means is when I get to Texas, I better zip through it. So here are your Blue Ribbon Schools for 2021 in the state of Alabama. Alabama had Bruton Elementary School in Bruton, Hall Kent Elementary School in Birmingham, McMillan International Academy in Montgomery, Mount Laurel Elementary School in Birmingham, Orange Beach Elementary School in Orange Beach, Alabama, and that, I think, wraps up Alabama, okay? And it's going to take me a few moments to go from state to state, so don't give me an F on my assignment here, teacher. Arkansas, the four schools in the natural state that made the blue ribbon list, 
Carolyn Lewis Elementary School in Conway, Hugh Goodwin Elementary School, that's in El Dorado, Arkansas, Park Magnet School, that's in Hot Springs, and in Portland, Arkansas, Portland Elementary School made the Blue Ribbon List. On to the state of Florida. Florida's list follows California, which had tons, of naturally. So when we get to the Sunshine State, the winners were in Miami, the Academer Charter School Middle, in Orlando, Avalon Middle School, Homestead, a winner there, the Center for International Education, a Cambridge Associate School, also in the state of Florida. A winner comes from Pembroke Pines, the Charter School of Excellence at Davie, Jacksonville, Jacksonville Beach Elementary School in Jacksonville Beach there in Duval County. It's on the list, as well as the Dade School District's Somerset Academy Silver Palms and Homestead. And finally, the last Florida school on the Blue Ribbons list, Terrace Community Middle School, that is in Tampa. We move on to the Peach State of Georgia and its listing of schools on the 2021 National Blue Ribbon Schools. This in the all-public and non-public schools breakdown. In Georgia, Bleckley County High School, Cochrane, Georgia. Salute! In Peachtree City, Crabapple Lane Elementary School made the list. In Jonesboro, Georgia, Elite Scholars Academy School. In Alpharetta, Fulton Science Academy Private School. This is a non-public school, part of the Fulton Science Academy. It made the list. In Bishop, Georgia, part of the Oconee County School District, High Shoals Elementary School. In Jefferson, Georgia, Jefferson City School District on Dragon Drive. That's where you'll find Jefferson Middle School and it made the list. In Sewanee, Georgia, Johns Creek Elementary School. Oakhurst Elementary School in Decatur made the list, and the last school in Georgia, Bill Elliott's hometown. In Dawsonville, and Chase Elliott's hometown, in Dawsonville, it's the Riverview Elementary School, part of the Dawson County School District. Those are your Georgia representatives on the National Blue Ribbon School Program, National Blue Ribbon School Listing. Now to the Commonwealth of Kentucky. And in Kentucky, your winners, your people who made the list in the Bluegrass State include Anchorage Public School in Anchorage, Kentucky, Blessed Sacrament Elementary School, which is a private school, part of the Diocese of Covington, and that is in Fort Mitchell, Kentucky, on Dixie Highway. Love that address. Gamaliel Elementary School in Gamaliel, Kentucky, Made the list. That's in Monroe County. The Great House Shycock Traditional School in Louisville, part of the Jefferson County Schools. Great House Shycock Traditional School. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that, but that is on the list. Also from West Paducah, Kentucky, Heath Elementary School in Lexington. It's the Rosa Parks Elementary School. That school made the list. In Erlanger, Kentucky. I think that's just outside of Florence. There as part of the Diocese of Covington, another Catholic school, St. Henry District High School in Erlanger. It made the list of the Blue Ribbon Schools of America. To the Pelican State, in Metairie, Airline Park Academy for Advanced Studies. It's on the list. So is Baton Rouge Magnet High School in Baton Rouge. In New Orleans, the Benjamin Franklin Magnet High School on Leon C. Simon Drive. It's on the list. In Gretna, 
Gretna Number 2 Academy for Advanced Studies is a Blue Ribbon School. Lake Forest Elementary Charter School in New Orleans is on the list. Covington St. Paul School, that's part of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. It's a Blue Ribbon School. Another Blue Ribbon School is another Archdiocese of New Orleans School. St. Scholastica Academy in Covington. It's on the list. So Covington's two Catholic schools, St. Paul School and St. Scholastica, both on the Blue Ribbons list. Our last school in the state of Louisiana comes to us from East Baton Rouge in the school district there, West Dell Heights Academic Magnet in Baton Rouge. It is on the list. Now we move on to Maryland didn't have any, so we got to move on to the Magnolia State of Mississippi. And here we go. In Brandon, Mississippi, Brandon Elementary School made the list. In Oxford, Della Davidson Elementary School, part of the Oxford School District. Go Chargers. It's on the list. In Kiln, Mississippi, East Hancock Elementary School. That is Brett Favre's hometown. And congratulations to all the folks. I think Brett Favre's daddy was a coach or something in that school district at one time. Also, part of the nearby Harrison County School District on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, Woolmarket Elementary School is the final of four schools from Mississippi on the National Blue Ribbon School List. In the Show Me State of Missouri, and Sarah Evans, I'm going to be looking for New Franklin here. In Bloomfield, Missouri, Bloomfield Middle School is on the list. In Lee's Summit, Delta Woods Middle School. In St. Charles, Missouri, Francis Howell Middle School. In Mansfield, Missouri, Mansfield Junior High School is a Blue Ribbon School. Way up in the north end of the state, Kirkwood, Missouri, North Kirkwood Middle School. In Urbana, Missouri, Skyline Middle School. In Battlefield, Missouri, Wilson's Creek 5-6 Intermediate School. That would be the home of the Civil War battlefield of Wilson's Creek. Is, or should I say Wilson's Creek? It's where that is. And in Wydown, Missouri, just outside of St. Louis, it's the Wydown Middle School, part of the School of Clayton District. It is your last Missouri district or school on the National Blue Ribbon School list. Again, the U.S. Department of Education releasing this list this week. So congratulations to all. And sorry, Sarah, your school is not a Blue Ribbon School, but maybe when you were there, it was. Now, moving on to North Carolina and the schools from the Old North State that have made the list of schools on the list of Blue Ribbon schools. And moving on to North Carolina, we find in Warrensville, North Carolina, you have the Blue Ridge Elementary School. In Marshall, North Carolina, Brush Creek Elementary School. Elkin, North Carolina's Elkin Middle School. Pearsontown Elementary School, that's in Durham, North Carolina. In Burgall, North Carolina, Pender Early College High School. That's on the list. Also in Wilson, North Carolina, Sally B. Howard Charter School. Sampson Early College High School in Clinton, North Carolina, is on the Blue Ribbon list. And lastly, from North Carolina, in the town of Vail, Union Elementary School, part of the Lincoln County School District, is a North Carolina school on the Blue Ribbon list. To the Sooner State of Oklahoma, you've got in Oklahoma City, the state capital, Brink Junior High School. In Enid, Oklahoma, Chisholm Middle School. In McAllister, Oklahoma, Edmund Doyle Elementary School. Also in Enid, Oklahoma, the Hoover Elementary School made the list. Laverne, Oklahoma's Laverne Elementary School made the list. And in Chickasha, Oklahoma, 
Pioneer School. It's on the list. It's part of the Pioneer Public School District, and it is a blue ribbon school. On now to South Carolina and the listing of schools from the Palmetto State. Go Tigers in Clemson. Clemson Elementary School is a blue ribbon winner. In Darlington, vroom, vroom, home of the Darlington 500. They're also known for high-octane education. Mayo High for math, science, and technology is one of the best schools in South Carolina. In Spartanburg, Meeting Street Academy Spartanburg, part of the Spartanburg School District Number 7, it is on the list as a Blue Ribbon School. In the Greenville area, Powdersville Middle School, part of Anderson School District Number 1, it is a Blue Ribbon School. On to Tennessee in Franklin, Tennessee, Williamson County School District School, Clovercroft Elementary School. Also in Franklin, Liberty Elementary School is a Blue Ribbon winner. In Nashville, Meigs Middle Magnet School. In Maryville, Tennessee, in East Tennessee, Sam Houston Elementary School. In the Chattanooga area, Signal Mountain is where you'll find Thrasher Elementary School. In Johnson City, home of ETSU, that's also the home of a Blue Ribbon School called Town Acres Elementary School. Not a single school from West Tennessee made the Blue Ribbons list. Hmm, that ain't right. Okay, in Texas, and this is the state's got a whole bunch, so I better hurry up and get through Texas. Lake Jackson's AP Butel Elementary School. Achieve Early High College High School, that is in McAllen. Atlanta Elementary School, Atlanta, Texas. Calder Road Elementary School in Dickinson. Christ the King Catholic School, that's in Dallas. Chidinian Elementary School in El Paso, Gilligus Elementary School in Brownsville, Hawkins Elementary School in El Paso, Hidalgo Elementary School in Hidalgo, Texas, Kathleen Joy Gillum Collegiate Academy in Dallas, Klondike High School in La Mesa, Texas. Also in Texas, you've got Lamar Elementary School in El Paso, Logos Preparatory Academy in Sugarland, Texas in the Houston area. Midi A. Pullum Elementary School in Brownsville, right on the border, part of the Brownsville Independent School District. Navarro Elementary School in Seguin, Texas. North Houston Early College High School, that's right there in the Space City. Also from Texas, Porter Elementary School in Mesquite. Ramona Elementary School in El Paso. South Texas ISD Rising Scholars Academy in San Benito, Texas. The South Texas Preparatory Academy in Edinburgh, Texas. Spearman Junior High in Spearman, Texas. Also in Dallas, Trinidad Trini Garza Early College High School at Mountain View. In Valley Mills, Texas, Valley Mills Elementary School. Vista Hills Elementary in El Paso. Are y'all keeping score? Yes, you should be. Young Women's Leadership Academy in San Antonio. Zerfano Farias Elementary School in Alamo, Texas. And that's all of the Texas schools. Man, let me get a sip of sweet tea real quick. Mmm. Who knew that Blue Ribbon Schools would be so hard? Hmm. Again, we are talking right now about all of the National Blue Ribbon Schools that just got released this week, 325 nationwide, according to the United States Department of Education. And I'm walking you through those schools south of the Mason-Dixon line. Let me take you from Texas to Virginia. The Blue Ribbon Schools in the Commonwealth of Virginia in Ewing, Ellie Dell Middle School in Abingdon, Virginia, right there in southwest Virginia, Greendale Elementary School. Mary G. Porter Traditional School in Woodbridge, Virginia. Meadows of Dan Elementary School, that's in Meadows of Dan, Virginia. 
Northern Shores Elementary School in Suffolk, Virginia. Springfield's Sangster Elementary School is a Blue Ribbon School. And Virginia Beach, Windsor Oaks Elementary School is your last Virginia school on the Blue Ribbon list. And give me a Blue Ribbon for now getting to the final southern state to tell you about all the Blue Ribbon schools from. In the mountain state of West Virginia, you've got just three schools, so pay close attention. In Beckley, it's Crescent Elementary School. In Parkersburg, West Virginia, Chris Elementary School. And last but certainly not least, Rock Branch Elementary School, Nitro, West Virginia, part of the Putnam County School District. And it is your last Southern school that we're going to tell you about that just got announced this week as a National Blue Ribbon School as part of the U.S. Department of Education's effort to recognize schools, again, who are improving and meeting exemplary test performances, trying to close achievement gaps between students. Congratulations to all y'all. And for all the schools that you know deep down you should have been on the list, but for whatever reason, you just didn't make it. You know what? Here on the Y'all Show, we're not into giving trophies. But you know what? I'll give you a blue ribbon of our own. A Y'all Show blue ribbon because you'll always be a blue ribbon school if you think you are. When the Y'all Show continues, from education to the headlines of the day, We'll catch you up on that right after the break. Before the hour's up, we'll take a look at some of the great festivals going on this weekend across Dixie. All that right here on The Y'all Show. pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Thank you, Mr. Allman. We are the Y'all Show, and we've got just a handful of minutes left here. So before we get out of here on this edition of Talk with a Southern Accent, let me fill you in on a few other headlines across the Southland today. And news out of Memphis, FedEx is going to increase their shipping rates in the new year of 2022. Oh, no. Say it ain't so there, Fred Smith. Yes, sky-high inflation and raising prices on everything people buy. That's now going to include going through FedEx. 
As FedEx says, on January 3rd, shipping rates across all service platforms will increase by an average of 5.9%. Ouch. Ouch. FedEx says the changes reflect incremental costs associated with the challenging operating environment while enabling the shipping giant out of Memphis to continue investing in service enhancement and other areas to serve customers more effectively and efficiently. Now, I haven't heard about this. I haven't thought about this until just now. But I'm not so sure they're going to be able to get away with just a 5.9% increase. And here's my thinking. Almost every other job sector over the last couple of months, because of people not working so much, they've had to boost up their income. They've had to rather boost up their wages. And FedEx and UPS have always been known to pay their employees rather well. Well, guess what? If you're a FedEx or UPS worker and you've been making good money, but you find out the guys who've been tossing burgers down at the local fast food place just doubled their income in the last couple of months, you're going to be thinking, hey, I need to double my income, Fred Smith, and look for this. I guess, and, and, and I know FedEx is not unionized. UPS is, and they get paid well. But anytime you get paid well, you're always thinking, you know, I think I need a little bit more. And so I wonder what's going to happen from a, a kind of nagging standpoint of the employees of FedEx and UPS if that's not going to make a dramatic more than 5.9% bump in the New Year's. But that is what they've announced so far this week in terms of a rise in shipping cost in 2022. Also out of Tennessee, we'll take you from Memphis to Sevierville. Can you imagine this? The world's largest convenience store has had a groundbreaking ceremony. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, it's getting ready on Friday to have the groundbreaking ceremony. And it is a groundbreaking ceremony for Bucky's. Bucky's will be at exit 407. Now, this again is the Texas based chain. And with this newest location in East Tennessee, this will be the largest convenience store in the world. And it's going to be put on with the Bucky's brand. But this thing's actually going to be a collaboration between a company called. K-I-T-U-W-A-H L-L-C Kituwa Kutuwa and it's a collaboration with the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians and they're going to be having a 74,000 square foot Bucky's Family Travel Center on I-40 at exit 407. It will have 120 fueling positions, EV charging stations and a car wash that's over 250 feet long. And if you don't have anything to do, make your way to exit 407 in Sevierville, right around Dolly Parton's hometown. And therefore, you can watch the groundbreaking Friday for the world's biggest convenience store in Sevierville, Tennessee. It is part of a 200-acre development project there in Sevierville. It's referred to as Project 407, the Gateway to Adventure. Developers are exploring additional development possibilities such as a golf attraction, a go-kart facility, and a distillery right there in the area. And with this largest convenience store now being built in Sevierville, it would surpass the Bucky's in New Braunfels, Texas, 
which currently is the world's largest convenience store. Something tells me those Texans aren't going to like to have some kind of operation right there in Sevierville uh, surpassing what they've got there in Texas because, you know, everything's bigger in Texas. Well, right now it looks like in the near future everything's bigger in Tennessee, specifically Sevierville. And how about that amount of gas pumps? (laughs) 120 of them, plus they're going to have the EV charging station. I wonder if you can go charge a Tesla at Bucky's. All right, last story here of the day, and this comes to us from South Carolina. It comes to us from Star, S-T-A-R-R, South Carolina. I used to have a roommate from Star, Star, South Carolina, and he went to Nashville to be a star, but not with a two R N. He wanted to be a S-T-A-R. And you know what? He got a record deal. So congratulations there. The South Carolina Highway Patrol says a man is now charged with DUI after being accused of crashing a fire truck. (laughs) 36-year-old John Russell Hendricks Jr. is accused of driving a fire truck from the Star Fire Department when he went off the side of the road and flipped over. Officials said it happened on 1st Street and Star earlier this week. I think it was Monday night he got arrested. There was a passenger in the fire truck. Nobody was hurt. But John Hendricks Jr. gets to go to jail. The 36-year-old charged with DUI after being accused of crashing a Star South Carolina fire truck. I guess they ran out of other things to be going around on in the town on a Monday night. <laughs> what a knucklehead from Star South Carolina. We've got a final segment coming your way. A quick look at some festivals and events going on this first weekend of fall and that's going to close it out and we'll do that after this time out of the y'all show Going to close out this Thursday Y'all Show with a preview of some of the festival fun going on in some of the South this weekend. Make your way to Ashland, Kentucky this weekend on Saturday. It's the Foxfire Music and Arts Festival with Whiskey Myers. That, again, in Ashland, Kentucky at the Port of Ashland. And that's going on this weekend. Also in Marlinton, West Virginia this weekend, it's the Autumn Harvest Festival on 8th Street. And that's going on here this first weekend of the of, of fall. We're not quite in October. 
I'm John Raw. We're looking at these festivals here as we wrap up this Thursday Y'all Show. Hey, in Montgomery, Alabama this weekend, Tavern Fest 2021 featuring Wet Willie. And that's taking place at Old Alabama Town Saturday from 5 to 10 o'clock at night. Go to Old Alabama Town. I think that's right in the heart of Montgomery for Tavern Fest 2021. In the state of Florida this weekend, got a couple of fun things going on, and I'll share with you just a little little bit of the fun. At the Central Florida Fair in Orlando, ooh, this looks like a lot of fun, Sunday, Rebel Rock Festival. Stage Left Entertainment presents Taco Metal Party, hosted by Jose Metal Ambassador Mangan at the Central Florida Fairgrounds in Orlando. That's going on this very weekend. In St. Augustine, TLC's celebration of Crazy Sexy Cool with Bone Thugs in Harmony. <laughs> and, and a lovely place, St. Augustine. I don't know how lovely it's going to be after this thing goes on. One other thing I thought this was interesting to point out. In Jacksonville at the Glass Factory Saturday, it is Sawgrass Festival. Music, live music, and a whole lot more things going on at the Glass Factory in Jacksonville, Florida, this weekend. Also this weekend in the state of North Carolina. Plenty of fun throughout the state. And in Gastonia, not all, not all that far from Charlotte, it's the Carolina Catfish Festival at East Ridge Mall. Can you imagine a mall hosting a catfish festival? Well, they're going to do just that. In Kenansville, it is the 2021 Muscadine Festival. And that's at the Fairgrounds Drive in Kenansville, North Carolina. That's taking place most of the day on Saturday. Can't talk about the Carolinas without throwing a little fun on the south side of that state line. And in South Carolina this weekend, oh, I love this one, the Okra Strut in Irmo, South Carolina, right around the corner from Lisa Gibbons' childhood home. At the Irmo Community Park, it is Okra Strut 2021 in Irmo. That's spelled I-R-M-O. And in Merle's Inlet at Huntington Beach State Park this weekend, it's the 2021 Adelia Arts and Crafts Festival. And that's taking place this weekend. And one more state we'll throw in for fun, and that is in Texas. And in Texas this weekend, the fun includes, and in Mount Pleasant, the Canterbury Renaissance Festival of Northeast Texas. And lastly, in Galveston, It's the 2021 Galveston Island Shrimp Festival, and that's going on all weekend long. Got plenty of fun, plenty of great music, and more. Got a 5K fun run, a shrimp scamper 5K fun run, a cook-off, and a gumbo stroll, all at the 12th annual Galveston Island Shrimp Festival, part of this weekend's fun. Again, it is now officially fall, and we want y'all to have a wonderful fall weekend y'all thank you for tuning us in on great radio stations thank you for tuning us on tuning us in on great podcast options john rawl will be back here friday reminder first hour is the y'all kickoff show hours two and three full of southern greatness we appreciate you we appreciate y'all thanks for listening
It's been tough talking to my doctor about constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. I finally laid all my symptoms out there and how they keep coming back. She said I may have irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. We agreed it's time to try something different. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Visit a doctor in person or online. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Avian Ironwood Pharmaceuticals.